I need a haircut so bad. Jeez Louise. Let the kids do it. I saw my friends. My <laughs> that friend sounds like posted, a great idea, Aaron. My my friend posted a a picture on Facebook saying a deal is a deal. I cut yours, you cut mine. And she let her two little twins, I think they're five or six, cut her hair. She's like, it didn't turn out too bad. And then she shows the back and there's like this huge chunk taken out of the middle. She's like, whatever. Nobody sees the back anyway. So, Just only everybody behind you. <laughs> you could you could say, you could tell them you get five snips each. Oh. And you can't and you can't take more than like, you could set a limit. So you could set some that's, boundaries. Eh, that's the thing is the boundaries are going to be pushed severely and a lot can happen in 10 snips. Ten snips, I can look. I'll, I'll look like Friar Tuck. <laughs> All in the middle. Just... <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Middleish, a podcast about moderation in all things. I am Michael Gray, and I am Aaron Green. How are you, Aaron Green? I'm doing, well, I'm doing great, but I'm also a little bit in a, sort of a Twilight Zone time warp because I just got back from vacation <laughs> yeah, late last night. So not only was it well past my bedtime by the time I hit the pillow, but I'm also just a little bit out of sorts. Well, and you were, I'm good. you were in a place where you didn't have a lot of like social media connection you were kind of like what day is it you were telling me earlier which is always nice to just get removed yes i will say that i because pictures are my jam i love Mm -hmm. taking pictures and actually putting together instagram stories but other than that social media it was like non-existent not a lot of email checking not a lot of paying attention to the calendar or what day it is or i mean the the time frame of the day was is it time to wake up is it time to eat when is the ride going to start and end and when is the time to go to bed it's <laughs> about the time frame it was wonderful that's that's a a good amount of things to have to worry about that's not very mm-hmm. many that's nice <laughs> yeah yeah nice and I mean, with camping, you know, it's kind of like that. As soon as the light comes up, you're, it sort of naturally wakes you up. And mm-hmm. once the, the light goes away, you sort of naturally get tired, even if you mm-hmm. have little, like we would sit up and play cribbage or, um, you know, just be around camp with our little lanterns and stuff. But once the sun went down, there's just this, and it starts cooling off, there's just mm-hmm. this natural feel of like, it's time to get in the sleeping bag and yep. it's time to go to bed. So... Well, and there's no like distractions to like keep you up, you know, it's like you have your TV or your, your laptop right. there to like keep you up and it's kind of like, right. hey, here we go. And a bunch of bright lights in your house too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. glad you got to get away. That's nice. Thank you. Yeah. We had a yeah. great time. Lots of, good. lots of bike riding. Lots nice. and lots. Nice. Yeah. Do you have fun. a good week? Yeah. Um, trying to think this weekend we went up to Kathleen's dad's um and stepmom's to celebrate Sophie's fourth birthday so we went up there with them and swam and tromped around they've got like some big wooded area behind them and so we kind of tromped around in there and had pizza and cake and swam and stuff so that was fun awesome Sunday was kind of just a laid-back day 
which was nice playing with the puppies and yeah. lazing around. We did some Halloween uh, costume shopping for the mm-hmm. girls. Um, yeah, grabbed lunch from a burrito place and yeah, it, was, it was a nice weekend. Um, I'm curious what your Halloween plans are because this was something Matt and I were talking about on the way down. I mean, we don't have kids, but yeah. we live in a neighborhood with a lot of kids. And so we were kind of talking about what's the guidance with COVID and trick-or-treating and stuff. I mean, I tend to think that trick-or-treating is a a pretty low risk activity Mm -hmm. if you do it properly because it's Mm -hmm. outside and you can stay distanced. And even if you approach the door of Mm -hmm. a house, you don't have to like, you know, be in close contact. Um, But we were reading all these different suggestions of of things to do for Halloween. So we really haven't talked much about it yet. So, you know, um, I mean, I would be okay as long as we weren't like, you know, walking through crowds of people on the sidewalk, you know, going around and stuff. Um, But we really haven't talked about it. Um, Yeah, it's kind of like the first like big thing where it's like, "Hmm, what do we do? How are we going to do this? So we want to be wise, um, you know, and, and safe, of course. But there is a, from what I understand, it seems like there's a lot to suggest that outside is a lot safer. You know, you're not enclosed. Um, and then also, you know, like people handing candy and stuff that, it, you know, things don't seem to transmit very well on surfaces. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, but we, we really haven't discussed it. So I'll, I will keep yeah. posted, but, um, yeah, but you got I the, don't have an answer. Got the costumes? <laughs> we got the costumes. We're doing something, you know, um, and it's maybe at least we get together with a few friends and have the kids do, you know, something outside or I don't know. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should have a Halloween themed episode that will be we dress up? released that week. Uh, maybe. Maybe dress yeah. up more than just the ninja style that we have going right. on today. Right. Black, we color coordinated. All black shirts. Yeah. Yes. I texted Erin earlier. I was like, what do you, what color shirt are you wearing today? She said black. And I was like, okay, good. I'll, I'll match you. That's a lie, you guys. Michael's trying to be cool. I was trying to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> trying so hard. <laughs> but you know, we could also talk about a lot of parents ask about Halloween candy and how to approach that whole thing. So maybe we should talk about that. Yeah, I think that's good. I think we could also talk about like uh um how do you handle like having big bags of candy around in your house for two mm-hmm. weeks because you bought it ahead of time, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. Right. And what what you can possibly do with some of that leftover yes. candy? I I have to plug in my computer real quick because the battery's dying. Sorry. Okay. I'm still here. <laughs> Are you going to pra- practice those editing skills, Michael? Snip this part out. All right. Are you going to practice your editing and, and cut that out? Oh, we'll just leave it. Yeah, okay. see my light was attached to it. So. Yeah, but our, our listeners are going to be like, what the heck is going on? This is, this is, just, this is the nitty gritty behind the scenes. This is what people want to see. <laughs> if we had like a membership, uh, this is the stuff that would be in there for the oh extras, gosh. the VIP yeah. stuff right here. Yeah. Michael We'd plugging in his laptop. <laughs> we, we would not make any money. <laughs> Your extras. You mean like we are now? (laughs) Yeah, your your extras are the bloopers. You get to see the blooper reel. Congratulations. Yeah, there we go. Lights back on. All right. All right. Do you guys carve pumpkins? 
behind you? You know, we have in the past. I forgot as a kid, or I probably never realized as a kid, what a pain in the ass that is. <laughs> That's because your parents did the whole cleanup and everything. It is not fun. I do not enjoy it at all as a parent. Oh, you don't? <laughs> no. What, no. What do you not like about it? It's just a mess. And it's just like an hour of work to get all that stuff scooped out and I just don't care for it. Do you have the right tools? Probably not. You know, they make little... Okay, so let me help you out here. You lay a whole shitload of newspaper or get those like really flimsy plastic uh, tablecloths and just cover the floor with them Mm -hmm. in your kitchen or wherever and just go to town there. Don't do it. Like don't try and do it on the dining room table and all that. Just get on the floor and do it. And they make the little pumpkin carving kits that they look chintzy because they're like these little plastic like scoopers and little Mm -hmm. swords that you carve things out. I am telling you, those things are a game changer. Really? All right. They truly are. And Matt Matt bought one, I don't know, several years ago. And I kind of made fun of him because I was like, that shit's going to break. Like as soon as you try and stab it in the pumpkin, you're done. But once you cut the, the hole in the top of the pumpkin with a real knife, and then you use those little swords to like cut everything mm-hmm. else and carve everything, they're actually, you might have some more fun with it. Try it. Yeah, try that. Because in the past, we've always like, it's like, you know, our plastic like, spoon you know like yeah, no. utensil spoon or a big soup spoon carbon no. just oh, I yeah hate it. give it a try but i mean also right. if you hate pumpkins if you hate pumpkin carving there's all kinds of pumpkin decorating hate that people do don't you make me a pumpkinist pumpkin. <laughs> don't make me a pumpkinist i never said i hate pumpkins i have a lot of love for the pumpkin community <laughs> don't you get me in trouble don't you cancel we me don't Aaron. Dis- we don't discriminate any gourds or vegetables whatsoever I gourds. on this podcast. I have many <laughs> friends who are gourds. Okay. That should get me in trouble. Anyway, you could, you, I mean, if you want to, if you really wanted to get brave with pumpkin decorating, you could get out the glitter, which, you know, they call glitter the herpes of the craft world. I hate glitter as well. Once, once it's there, it is not going away. <laughs> you know why I hate glitter? Because when I was in like seventh or eighth grade, something like that. I got one little piece of glitter in my eye and we could not get it out. I wound up having to go to the emergency room because it was like messing my eye up so bad and they couldn't get it out. And so I have this vivid memory of doctor or nurse, whoever, like holding my eye open (laughs) with their rubber glove, just digging in my eye all over and me just being like, Oh my yeah. gosh. And when I left, yeah. my, I was all swollen and red and puffy. So like, yeah. So now when the Did girls like have glitter on their face, I'm like, stop, stop, stop. Come here. Come here. <laughs> not going anywhere until I get that glitter off your face. We're not going to the ER for this. <laughs> Did that glitter get removed or is that what I see that little glint in your eye sometimes when we're talking? That's just my personality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that sounds pretty traumatic. So I, I don't imagine glitter will make it into your household unless it's no, security. Uh, it's a, it's all over in our house. It's on there. I mean, like you can buy like dresses that are just covered in glitter, and the girls like walk across the house, and it's just it's just everywhere now. Fairy dust. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, I hope that your girls have a good Halloween, even <clears throat> with the bah humbug that they have to deal with. <laughs> oh, wait, that's Christmas. <laughs> well, good luck. Good luck. I, I encourage you to get I one of those little pumpkin it. carving kits. I will look into it. 
So moving on from pumpkin carving, we are talking mm-hmm. about food, but not. Oh, do we have a topic today? We do have a topic. <laughs> we just yeah. keep doing this. <laughs> we could just BS, but I think our listeners would get tired of it. But Probably. today's topic, I get asked a lot what kinds of meals I make, what you know, what recipes do I use and mm-hmm. what's my approach to meals and what do I eat? You know, people are kind of fascinated with what a dietitian eats, what an athlete eats and make these assumptions about maybe how I approach cooking and food and recipes. And so I thought it might be fun to just talk about a little bit about our favorite meals and um, maybe approaches to how we cook things or or put things together for our households, our families. and. Yeah. Maybe even some of your favorites growing up and just talk about yeah. food. I yeah. love to talk about food. I it's mean, one of my favorite subjects to talk about. Yeah. Right too. after my family. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right after my wife and kids. I love talking about them. And then, you know, behind that. But then food, food kind <laughs> of gets there. Yeah. So yeah. So what are your what are some of your Let's just start growing up. What what were your like some of the things you loved growing up as a kid? Well, the first thing that popped in my head is my mom used to make this amazing fried chicken on Sundays. Not not every Sunday, but most Sundays growing up, it was kind of fried chicken day. And it's well, it's funny because we didn't grow up in like a southern household or anything. It was just my mom. Uh, was a pretty simple cook. Mm -hmm. And I think as we got older and life got more hectic, she really relied on like convenience kinds of meals, you know, hamburger Mm -hmm. helper, those kinds of things. Um, So when she would make things from scratch that were really good, it just stood out in my mind and fried chicken with, she makes excellent gravy with it. And I mean, Mm. the whole meal was just amazing. And I, I mean, to this day I'll have, I'll have fried chicken and, you know, I had some over in Louisville a couple weeks or a couple years ago and that was Mm -hmm. exceptional, but otherwise I just don't touch it because nothing really compares to my mom's fried chicken. It compares to mom's. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we had, yeah, we had, um, some other good family meals. I mean, holidays and my grandmother's stuffing that she would make, that was something, we would rave about all three of us kids, me and my brothers were just like, is grandma making stuffing? That was our big, big thing. Um, yeah. So those are, those are some of the big ones I remember. Mm -hmm. How about you? For me, um, two that stand out is my mom's French toast. Um, I always love, she uses French bread and cuts like the pieces real thick, Mm -hmm. probably over an inch thick, you know, and it's just kind of standard, you know, the, the batter she dips it in and stuff, but the French bread is a real nice treat. And I think there's probably just a lot of nostalgia wrapped up in it for me. You know, it's just like, I just grew up with this taste. Mm -hmm. And, um, on our birthdays, we always got whatever breakfast we wanted. And that was always my choice was her French toast because I love Mm -hmm. it. And then her tacos, the tacos that she makes. Um, in fact, anytime they visit, I always ask her, will you make your tacos while you're here? Oh, and I don't know why they're what's so special about them. They're pretty standard. I think one of the things she does is she um, take like the flour shells and like fries them real quick in oil. So they're like chewy, oh. greasy. Oh, and yeah. Hot. Oh, they're so good. Yeah. That does yeah. sound good. They're real good. It almost sounds like yeah. a chimichanga, but she 
probably doesn't fill it first. She just well, and it doesn't get crispy. You don't crispy. It's mm-hmm. just enough to get it kind of hot and greasy. Huh? Yeah, it's real good. Very nice. Mm-hmm. You know, now I'm I'm having another memory that my mom makes the best scrambled eggs. Really, and I tried. I mean, when I got into high school, junior high, whatever, and I started cooking, I tried so hard to replicate them and I could not make them taste the same. And they're very simple. Like I, mm-hmm. I don't, I'd watch her make them. She'd coach me. I couldn't do it. And one day I think I had come home from college and I asked her to make scrambled eggs for me because they just, they taste so good. And I, I went into the kitchen when she was making them and she has these pans that are they're not nonstick pans. They're like the, I don't know, the, just the stainless steel or like the copper bottom kind of pans. Okay. And I saw her scooping, I swear to God, like two full tablespoons of margarine or butter or whatever, she, margarine probably. And yeah. I was like, uh, <laughs> that's why they taste so good. That's how those <laughs> eggs get good. You start with almost <laughs> a quarter cup of fat in the pan. Um, Mom knows but what's up. Yeah. <laughs> So it was probably my own demise that I couldn't make them properly because I wasn't putting the right the right amount of good stuff in them. Right. So, mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. I love good scrambled eggs. That's one of my favorite breakfasts. It's like just good scrambled eggs with like spinach and tomato and some bacon or sausage in there. And then even like like some sliced up potatoes or like hash browns just all mixed together. That is yeah. like the best way and to start a day. Zucchini. I'll put like, especially this time of year when I have an abundance of zucchini, I'll just chop up like half a zucchini and throw them in there. Yeah. And if you put it in early in the pan and let it kind of get a little golden brown, it mm-hmm. just imparts this really nice flavor and it doesn't make it soggy. You know, zucchini is a high mm-hmm. water content kind of veggie. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of eggs, that's one of my favorite dinner go-tos, especially for like a quick dinner, you know, when Mm -hmm. people, protein options tend to be a little challenging for people if they haven't gone to the grocery store or, you know, they need something quick, you know, it doesn't, it's not quick to marinate chicken and put it on the grill and do all this other stuff. And so eggs Mm -hmm. are really nice go-to. And as you pointed out, you can put veggies in them and they Mm -hmm. just are really versatile. I'll make a frittata, Mm -hmm. which is pretty easy to do too. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of eggs. So if you have mm-hmm. like a dozen eggs to use up, go ahead and make a frittata and you can put any, cook the veggies ahead of time and then just mix yeah. them in with the frittata and super easy. Yeah, I do. Well, we haven't done it for a while, but something similar with, it's kind of like a frittata, but we'll do it like egg cups, like in a muffin tin. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. so same, exact same concept. But I, I love those because they, they keep well for a few days, you know, um, and they're just, they're quick and easy great protein content. You can pack them with veggies. Mm-hmm. You know, they taste good two or three days later still. Um, yeah, I love them. And eggs yeah. are such, eggs are such a great option because like you said, they're, I mean, they're crazy cheap. You know, a dozen eggs is like, you know, the buck 30 or something. You know what I mean? And I mean, you have three eggs. That's a, that's a lot of food, you yeah. know? It's very and filling, great protein. You can so quick. Yeah, and you can have dinner of like eggs with some chopped up veggies and an apple or something and have a mm-hmm. fantastic dinner in five minutes. You know, yeah. easy, easy. Yeah. Yeah. And those little egg muffin cups, you know, the only thing I've heard people um, complain about or, or not like is when you keep them over, they kind of get a little bit of a rubbery texture. They don't reheat well. So mm-hmm. if you 
if you want to eat them cold, it's usually fine. But if you want to try and reheat them, they might get a little rubbery. And my solution to that is sprinkle some cheese on top, you know, Um, or serve them with something like salsa, Salsa, you know, that will kind of help, you know, with the texture. So, yeah. Yeah. I like them because they're portable too. too. You know, they're like, just grab and go. Really good snack. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good one too. Um, my standard breakfast is not, uh, a cooked breakfast though. I, my go-to probably 90% of the time is berries and, and if it's winter time, they might be frozen berries or some other Mm -hmm. kind of fruit that I can find, but usually berries with just plain Greek yogurt and granola, Mm -hmm. maybe a couple almonds on there. Mm -hmm. So I make my own granola. Oh, nice. It's a great recipe by Food 52, and it makes a huge batch of granola. Um, I think if you're, if for those who are listening and interested in the recipe, it's if you um, Google search Food 52 maple granola, something like that. So it has maple syrup and brown sugar. So I mean, standard granola recipe, but mm-hmm. it's very versatile and you can put a lot of different stuff in it. And I don't know why that just hits the spot, that tangy yogurt. Um, a really great protein load too, which is something mm-hmm. I really encourage people to get in the morning because if you think of breakfasts being, you know, toast or pancakes or, you know, even oatmeal, it might be kind of low on the, on the protein spectrum if you're not mm-hmm. getting some strong protein source in there. So mm-hmm. that's, that's my go-to. Yeah. Well, I think too, there's something, I mean, having protein, cause you think of standard, like, you know, quick and easy breakfast fare, you're looking like it you know, frozen waffles or cereal or toast or, you know, something like that. That's just really a quick. Muffin. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've talked about this before, but that stuff, it hits and metabolizes quick. So it's like, you got the energy and then you don't got the energy, you know, where you have mm-hmm. something like protein along with it when it kind of slows down digestion um, and metabolism or the, how quickly that's metabolized, but it just sticks with you for mm-hmm. a bit longer you know, so you have kind of that, that fullness, um, satisfaction going on for longer. And then also I, I can't remember how long ago this was. I remember reading something about, it was in particular with kids who have protein with breakfast, their performance in school, as far as attention and, you know, retention of information and that kind of stuff, um, is a lot higher when they have some protein content to their breakfast. So I'm really big on, even if, you know, we do cereal sometimes, but for me, it's like, you know, but we're going to have an egg or something with it. You're going to have some kind of protein along with it. Um, and some fruit just, you know, to kind of help balance that out. But we always tend to type, you know, prioritize protein in the morning. Yeah. And one of the reasons, um, I'm a big like protein at breakfast advocate is, our bodies can essentially use about 30 grams of protein at a time. Mm -hmm. So if you think about the way some people distribute their protein in the day, they might have a really light protein breakfast, Mm -hmm. maybe some protein at lunch, and then they'll usually have some big protein dinner. And you're doing your body a disservice from a, you know, protein synthesis standpoint, a muscle retention and building standpoint. Um, and as you pointed out, the, just the satisfaction and, mm-hmm. and holding you a little bit longer. And if you distribute that protein a little more evenly in doses, 20 to 30 grams, mm-hmm. um, that's a really good approach. But mm-hmm. take a look at your breakfast and see if you're, you're hitting that mark. And most people are not. Like, you know, if even with a standard, you know, 
oatmeal or something, if you're putting nuts and seeds in it, it still might be a little bit short. So just pay attention to that. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of breakfast, all right. So build your like ideal, not worrying about like quality nutrition, just like it's your birthday, you get whatever you want, build your perfect breakfast. Oh, well, on my birthday, I would have, I had about as perfect of a breakfast as it gets. I mean, there are a lot of breakfast foods depending on if I'm wanting sweet or savory that I'll mm-hmm. go for. Um, you can do both. I, oh man, I do go love a really the, good waffle. tracks with this. My, my, <laughs> my great aunt has a waffle recipe that has uh, buttermilk and melted butter in mm-hmm. the recipe. And the waffle is just this like amazing, um, product that's like crispy on the outside. Anyway, that's really good. But I will say that very few things top Matt Green's buttermilk pancakes. Nice. And this is shocking because I was not a big, I'm, I'm not like a pancake connoisseur. Like some people get a huge kick out of pancakes and they just love them. And I'm kind of like, you know, but I grew up with like the crusties or the Bisquick Mm -hmm. pancakes. And so (laughs) just add water. mm Mm-hmm. So, um, early in our relationship, Matt made me his buttermilk pancakes and I was kind of like, okay, this guy's trying to impress me with pancakes. Like try again, buddy. (laughs) It's not going to happen. And I was, I was shocked. I was like, okay, these are pretty freaking good. And as he, I mean, that became our thing. Like, you know, whenever we would have buttermilk or whenever, you know, on a weekend when we had more time to do this, we'd make Mm -hmm. buttermilk pancakes. And and you don't mess with the recipe. Like don't mess it up with whole wheat flour or with trying to use less of this or more of yeah. that or trying to skip the the separating the egg whites and the yolks. Mm. Don't mess with it. Just make it as it's supposed to be made. And it is, they're fantastic. And I make them into a whole like huge meal with peanut butter mm. and I'll put yogurt on them and I'll put berries and I'll put a bunch of maple syrup. I mean, I do the thing. It's a yeah. big meal and it's delicious. That sounds And delicious. if if we have bacon with it, that satisfies that sweet, mm-hmm. savory, salty kind of combination. Mm-hmm. Um that's probably as good as it gets for me. Yeah. And knowing that I have access to that almost whenever I want it <laughs> versus like <laughs> dreaming up this amazing like, you know, French whatever. Right. Breakfast experience that I could only have if I traveled the world or something. No, this yeah. is something that I can have on any given Sunday, really. So nice. That sounds How pretty about you? good. Oh, uh, let's see. I'm gonna have a bis a biscuit with gravy, maybe two. I was gonna say a biscuit with gravy. Yeah, probably two. <laughs> and then I'm gonna have some scrambled eggs with like spinach and tomato onion in there. Uh, it's cheese, mm-hmm. two or three slices of some nice thick bacon, right? Nice. And then probably a, a big glass of orange juice and a hot cup of coffee. That sounds yeah. good. Yeah. And I, I, like the, I really like things like Eggs Benedict a lot, you know, like mm-hmm. that could easily go on there. Hash browns could go on there, but yeah. But then you start getting enough of those different foods and you can only enjoy one bite of each before right. you're going to blow. <clears throat> right. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. Some, yeah. Two biscuits and gravy, kind of a little scramble with some eggs. 
few pieces of bacon and some OJ and coffee. I can see yeah. you staring off into the distance like there's a mirage in the uh, desert. Like he's I may be fantasizing a little bit. This is a vivid <laughs> vision that Michael is experiencing having, it. Everybody. Yeah. Taking some of that gravy and putting it on I think my you're drooling, eggs. Drooling on your mic a little bit. It. Swallow. Please, swallow. A little bit. <laughs> but so yeah. what, are, what are some of your uh go to meals. I mean, maybe dinner is the easiest one to start with because sometimes we already talked breakfast and then mm-hmm. sometimes lunch is kind of a, you know, hit and miss. Mm-hmm. We can talk about that in a second, but what mm-hmm. are like maybe top five in your rotation for dinners? Um, right now, let's see, we're, we're really digging like, um, just some ch- simple chicken wraps. Um, oh. just like baking some chicken, chopping that up with, you know, spinach and lettuce and tomatoes and you know, sometimes there's black beans or corn or shredded carrots or you know, a little cheese on top, you know, kind of whatever. Um, wrapped okay, it's up in all a about the sauce when you make a wrap. Do you put dressing or sauce or so, bread or anything on it? I like ranch or I like uh, salsa um, on it. I like ranch sometimes. I'm kind of hit and mess with ranch. Um, last time we did them, we did a little honey mustard. and That mm. was really good. That was really mm-hmm. good. Um, so that's what Kat and the girls prefer is honey mustard. And I'll do that or salsa typically. Sometimes have you ranch. tried salsa ranch? I have. And that's pretty dang good too. Yeah. That's yeah. one of our favorite salad combo. dressings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Salsa ranch. Um, Bolt House Farms makes a good one. And I think Lighthouse makes another good one. Okay. Opa, I think, has one. So all of those, they're in the refrigerated, like next to the produce. So oh, they're they come like, mixed together? Yeah. Some of them are uh, like yogurt dressings. I just mix um, them myself, but I like this. You idea. could do that too, easily. Okay. Um, but the salsa ranch dressings, there's something different about them. It's sure. not the same as just mixing a standard ranch with a, with is, a salsa. Yeah. But yeah, try that. I'm going to have to mm-hmm. try that. I didn't even know that was a thing that you could yeah. buy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we like that. Let's see. What else? Are we? We're still into that butter chicken. Like, <laughs> we probably have that every every two or three weeks. We have really? it. Yeah. Um, just because everybody loves it, you know. Um, Maybe you so have to share that recipe with me. I might. Yeah. It's super good. It, it smells so good when you're making it. Oh, man. It's just like the whole house. Like Lila will come in from outside. She's like, are you making that stuff again? It smells so good in here. That it's stuff. like it's like the best scentsy ever. <laughs> well, the spices that you get with ethnic food is they're mm-hmm. just so aromatic and so unique. Mm-hmm. And they I swear you can put like any combination together in mm-hmm. traditional Indian spices, traditional Thai spices, traditional, you know, like any of that mm-hmm. stuff. And they just meld together so well. Yeah, so, so good. I mean, you got the onion and garlic and then cumin and coriander yeah. oh geez it's just yeah it's so good <laughs> curry yeah Yum. um so let's see what else we've we been doing lately um we, okay we haven't done this for a bit but it's one it's falling out of rotation for some reason um is i call it bruschetta chicken it's like uh chicken tenders baked with um like basil and we kind of do like uh like a bruschetta kind of thing you know like oil and vinegar tomato all chopped up and then like a little bit of mozzarella cheese on top that's really good um we like that we've been big into brussels sprouts well i guess it hasn't 
we haven't done those for a little bit, mm-hmm. but we, I, Lila and I like Brussels sprouts. Kathleen will eat them. <laughs> They're kind of a polarizing you vegetable. Will tolerate them. Yep. Yeah. Um, we do tacos on a pretty regular basis um, of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, we like like big salads, you know. Um, you know, I, I've been doing one lately more for lunch. It's like the chopped up lettuce and let's see, carrots and tomato and chicken and strawberries, with some sunflower seeds, and then like a citrusy vinaigrette kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's delicious. And Sounds good. so good. Even Lila, like she'll ask for it for lunch, like two or three times a week. She's like, can I have that salad? Which I mean, for a kid yeah. to like salad I is kind of... I know, you're like sweet. Right? Like, okay, that's cool. But um, yeah, those are, I mean, those are some of our more regulars. I mean, we'll do things like, you know, we kind of fluctuate. We kind of get into stuff for a little bit. Like, we you know, we'll do um, like meatballs for, you know, kind of mm-hmm. more frequently and then kind of back out or like a meatloaf or something. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else. Um we do like stir fry a lot, like chicken, oh, yeah. a lot of veggies and either like the yakisoba noodles or, um, or rice, you mm-hmm. know, um, everybody likes that a whole lot, but yeah, those are kind of some of those our standards. Good yeah. yeah. Good variety. Yeah. How about there. you? Well, ours will vary from season to season. So right now we're just at the end of like the grilling season. Mm-hmm. And some of our favorites when it's grilling time is this shrimp recipe that that Matt made. It's like a very simple marinade that has like soy sauce, lime juice, granulated garlic, some olive oil, and I think a little some kind of sweetener to kind of balance out that acid. So mm-hmm. um a honey or something. And I think there's there's a little cayenne pepper in there too, so a little spice. And just mix that in a bowl. And then we use frozen shrimp that are in the shell mm-hmm. and marinate, you know, they're they're actually very quick to thaw. So you can just put them in like a strainer and, you know, run water over them until they thaw. It maybe takes like eight to ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Marinate them in the the um, sauce and then just throw them directly on the grill grates. And we'll eat that with salad or um on top of pasta or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, that's a really good one. And that's one of our favorites and it's super easy to make. I mean, Matt will just take over and make it start to finish and dinner's yeah. on him, you know, so that's nice. nice. One of our regular rotations is just a very simple uh, roasted salmon filet with some kind of veggie. So we might grill zucchini. If we have like zucchini Mm -hmm. in the garden that needs to be used, we might make like a salad kit. I don't know if you've seen those in the store, but Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of like creating my own salads, but those kits are, are rad for just like throw them in a bowl and they actually taste really good. Really good. I think they stay really fresh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. I love them. And I might even... I might even bulk mine up a little bit with, uh, you know, a little extra greens. Sometimes I think the salad dressing is a little too much for the amount that's in Mm -hmm. the bag. And so I might add like some chopped cabbage or spinach or something. Um, So that's pretty common. We just, we uh, will roast the salmon and I am picky about how my salmon is cooked in terms of, I don't want it overly done. Mm -hmm. So I will check it very regularly. And I just know when, you know, you have, you yeah. got to watch your salmon, you guys, if you're cooking mm-hmm. it in the oven, don't just go on time, you know, um, 
we just squeeze some lemon on it and throw some herbs and, and seasonings mm-hmm. and pop it in the oven on 400 or 425, depending on the thickness of the, the filet. And nice. that's like, we eat that once a week easily. And then it provides leftovers so I can use, you know, the salmon for salads mm-hmm. and, and wraps and different things later in the week. Yeah. yeah. Um, we make tacos a fair amount. And when I make tacos, I, I mean, I'll vary my protein sources. So we might use ground beef. We might use ground turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually will bulk up the filling with black beans and chopped peppers, or you could do tomatoes or something. So um, I'm always trying to get people to eat more legumes, right? Mm-hmm. So beans, lentils, you know, let's like some get some of these in the rotation. Mm-hmm. And that's an easy way to add a legume serving to your to your day, just like kind of mixing it in with a filling. Mm-hmm. So you're getting a little bit different nutrition profile on that. And, and it just adds a different texture flavor going on. Um, what else do we do? If I have more time, I'll make a big dish. So I have a couple dishes that are much more vegetable heavy. So mm-hmm. they don't have any uh, meat involved, but they... Um, they still have really good protein because of, you know, cheese and just various components that are used. So one's an enchilada recipe that um, uses red enchilada sauce. And I will use like whole, I think we might've talked about this in the veggie episode actually with the Swiss chard. Yeah, like you did. just chop up a ton of Swiss chard <clears throat> yep. and then the, the filling, I mean, this is obviously if people are interested in recipes, I can, you know, help you guys out with all of this mm-hmm. and actually post the, the recipe. But it's essentially just a bunch of vegetable fillings, but a lot of Swiss chard, some black beans, put it in the enchiladas um, with red sauce, put some cheese on top and bake it. And that pan will, you know, it's just Matt and I, so it'll last for lunches and mm-hmm. it's, it's a really good recipe, but it's just, I mean, enchiladas are a little bit more involved, a little more, you know, time yeah. consuming. Um, and then lasagna is another really good one. Yep. And you can make it with or without the meat filling, but the key is adding vegetables in there too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so we talked like, about that in the veggie episode too. Yeah. So I'll, there. you totally can. And I'll, yeah. I'll put uh, like a package, an entire package of frozen, uh, thawed frozen spinach um, that is squeezed, you know, squeeze the moisture out and then mix it in with the ricotta filling that you mm-hmm. layer into the lasagna. And that's a really nice way to, again, add that veggie in there, but it doesn't change the, you I know, the experience of the, yep. of the lasagna. Um, so those are a couple of my, if I have more time to make dinners, those are a couple I'll do. What's your favorite meat to put in lasagna? Um, you know, I like doing a mixture of like a turkey sausage and a ground beef or ground turkey. So kind mm-hmm. of mixing it in there. Um, I haven't tried, I'm trying to think if I've tried others. I haven't tried anything else besides those. I like ground beef and ground sausage mix. Mm-hmm. That's a good yeah. combo. Yeah. I did see. Sausage have you adds ever, a nice flavor. It really does. Yeah. Have you ever watched, uh, the chef show on Netflix? Have you watched that? Oh, a chef's table? No, the chef show. It's called. Oh no, no, no. Okay, so they were doing. Uh, they made a like this massive, ridiculous lasagna, but <laughs> for the meat, they made meatballs. These big meatballs and like cut them in half. I was like, oh, wow. I'm gonna have to try uh, that. That yeah, seems that sounds amazing. amazing. <laughs> yeah, I thought yeah. you were talking about chef's table. Chef's table is a no, series on Netflix. 
Mm-hmm. Oh man, we love it. Mm-hmm. We love it because there's they do stories about the chefs and mm-hmm. they're human stories and they they're just and the cinematography is fantastic and yeah, it's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Um, one other thing on on meat sources is we will if we're kind of having a, a busy week and we need some quick options and something versatile, we'll just go buy a rotisserie chicken. Mm-hmm. And just pull it all off the bone. Yep. And usually that that same day we'll have chicken with whatever, a salad or um, you know, we'll have a couple sides to go with it. But we'll save that chicken and either use it for lunches or mm-hmm. Matt will make a big pan of his version of enchiladas, which are green mm-hmm. enchiladas with a chicken filling that are very good too. Mm-hmm. Um or a risotto or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you do something like that and you have a quick and easy protein source that's done for you. I mean, with that chicken, you can put it in sandwiches. You can eat it by itself, right? Yeah. You can put it in salads. You can use it for soups. Um, you can use it as like a taco filling, you know, a burrito filling. I mean, it's just so versatile what you mm-hmm. can do with it, you know, and it's, I mean, they're not that expensive for how big they are, you know, yeah. um, but you're also paying for some, one, they taste really good and it's yeah. crazy convenient. You know? Well, and that's the thing. People tend to think that they need to like spend all this time preparing mm. things from scratch. And I'm, I mean, I'm realistic when I work with clients, like not everybody has the cooking skills or the, the know-how or the mm. time to invest in like roasting an entire chicken every week right? or baking bread from scratch or whatever. <laughs> so, you know, just yeah. do what you need to do to cut corners. And mm-hmm. that might mean salad kits, rotisserie mm-hmm. chickens, um, you know, getting yeah. some more sort of convenience items to feed your family and, mm-hmm. or to make things easy for you. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest surprises when I share with people the kinds of things that I eat regularly because my meals are not always extravagant or, mm-hmm. you know, made from scratch or super involved. They might be yeah. very simple. Like the salmon with veggies that I just described, that's like, I mean, dinner in 20 minutes or less kind of thing. And it's mm-hmm. like the easiest thing and it's very satisfying for us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing is, is, you know, there's this kind of this assumption that people have like eating well has to be so challenging and so time consuming. It's like, it doesn't, it really doesn't, you know, grab mm-hmm. some frozen stuff, grab some, you know, pre-bagged salads, just dump it. In. I mean, if, <laughs> if your options are like no veggies and a pre-bagged salad, guess what right. is a million times better? <laughs> the pre-bag salad, you know, yeah. like it just is. And so it doesn't have to be like so, so stinking challenging. Right. You know? Or a rotisserie chicken from the store that you can yep. have some versatility and, and incorporate into your week mm-hmm. or hitting fast food or getting these, you know, one-off convenience meals or whatever, yep. you know? So there's, right. there's definitely a, a middle-ish ground with there all of really this stuff. Is. Yeah. Well, and then too, I think and I may have said this before, we may have talked about it, but I think one of the best things for, for being busy is if you have a night that you have time to cook, cook double, plan on making yeah, twice as much Definitely, because then you have dinner for the next night and maybe a lunch or two, you know, and it doesn't really take a whole lot of time, a whole lot of more time to cook twice as much of the same thing. It yeah. takes very little more time, you know, yeah, exactly. and it's, and it's, I mean, we do that every week, 
we plan, you know, we plan three meals and we have double of everything. So we cook Sunday, Mm -hmm. we have dinner for Monday, cook Tuesday, you know, and then that seventh day, maybe we grab something somewhere. Maybe we just do something, you know, additional leftovers, you know, we kind of wing it, you know, or we plan again for, you know, another two nights, but um, it just saves so much time. And it's so helpful for us to plan like, it's different now since things are so much short, more shut down. But when we're doing like, you know, running club and soccer and, you know, swimming lessons and all that kind of stuff to look at and go, okay, Monday's a pretty open night. Tuesday's a disaster. Well, let's cook double on Monday night. And then Tuesday, yep. we're just heating stuff up real quick and dinner's yep. ready in five minutes, you know? Well, and I have a running joke that the term meal prep has taken over the term leftovers. I mean, when I was growing up, it was leftovers. That's that's what right. it is. Exactly and now right. it's like meal prep and you have to have these cute little containers and everything mm-hmm. has to be fresh and everything has to be like presentable, you know, Pinterest worthy. No, right. yeah. <laughs> just, you, you know, you cook a, like eight cups of rice at once. Yeah. <laughs> 14 so, chicken breasts. <laughs> I know. So speaking of, um, cooking in bulk and like making big batches, one of my other go-tos is making some lentil dish. Mm-hmm. So lentil curry, or uh, I have an Ethiopian lentil dish that uses the spice berry berry, which is really delicious and unique. It's a different would, flavor. Would you say that it's berry berry good? It's berry berry delicious. Yes. Yes. <laughs> good one. Bum, bum, dad joke. <laughs> so, so. I completely interrupted you for that. <laughs> good job. Thank you. You're on a roll, Michael. Drink your coffee. So making a, making a big batch of something like lentils and the wonderful thing about legumes, another wonderful thing, not just that they're super nutritious, they're very good for your gut microbiome, they're loaded with protein and carbs and fiber and all this other stuff, um, but they reheat really well. Like mm-hmm. all, if I make a big batch of beans or lentils or something, they, they're one of those foods that we can just kind of like use for a side dish or a main dish all week mm-hmm. for lunches and leftovers for dinner and stuff. So that's a, that's another favorite is a red lentil curry, or I've, I've cooked a big batch of lentils, just knowing that I will be using them for lunches throughout the week. So, mm-hmm. um, one of my favorite combinations is around this time when we have a lot of beets that are coming, you know, into season and, and I'm kind of looking for like new ways to incorporate them. I'll roast the beets in the oven and peel them. And then I'll just have like a a bunch of roasted beets ready to go in the fridge. And I'll cook a batch of green lentils, throw a bay leaf in there, maybe throw some uh, herbs in with the cooking. So they got a little flavor going on, but then I'll, I'll eat this like for a week straight and I will not tire of it. (sighs) Green lentils with some arugula those roasted beets, goat cheese, and pistachios. If you want a little bit of sauce, maybe uh, a balsamic something or other, it is to die for. I don't, that combination is just, and it's super satisfying for me. And I, I love the fact that I am getting a nice, like veggie heavy meal Mm -hmm. with lentils have excellent protein. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, that's one of my favorites too. That sounds really good. I'm going to have to have you send me that recipe. Because yeah. I kind of want that now. Well, you'll listen to this when you're editing the podcast, and then you'll have the recipe because I just described it to you. Yeah, that sounds like too much work. I'll send it to you, Michael. <laughs> I'll send it. 
What don't about, make um, sense. Jeez. <laughs> uh, so we've talked about breakfast, sort of lunch, because that's a lot of leftover stuff, um, and dinner. Is there anything else we need to talk about with favorite meals that you had on your agenda? I think those were – I've kind of rattled off a whole bunch of my <clears> – <throat> favorite ones. So, yeah, I just kind of wanted to say just like as a general rule of thumb, just a few things that I think are um, like a few types of foods that are pretty easy to, um, to keep kind of on the lower calorie side and high veggie side, just in general. I think if you look at things like stir fries, you know, egg scrambles, um, protein shakes, soups, stews, chilies, salads. Um, those are in general, really easy, uh, food ideas to just, you can add a lot of veggies to, you can make really high, you know, veggie content in them as well as some really good protein, um, and keeping them pretty on the lower calorie side without getting really heavy, you know? Um, so I, I like to just kind of steer clients towards those as a general rule of thumb, not all the time, but you know, like, you know, if you can add some more broth-based soups and a chili to your week like hey things are going to be looking better as far as your veggie content you know and um, especially if someone is trying to lose weight keeping you know calories down a little bit um, but those are I think in general rule of thumb just they're, they're good there's a lot you can do under each of those you know yeah but um, kind of good the overarching umbrella um, places to start from if you're planning yeah. meals for the week and one of the things I'll I'll add to, because you mentioned protein shakes, which are a very convenient and easy way to hit that protein mark that we kind of talked about, you know, spreading throughout the day in doses. However, one of the downfalls I see of that is they don't have any fiber. Uh, they don't have, right. you know, the nutrition that they offer is mm -hmm. either um, an enriched formula. So it might be enriched with vitamins and minerals and things, but it doesn't have the same value as you would get from eating the food. Mm -hmm. So some people will just like have a protein shake for lunch and that's it. And in some cases that's appropriate. And we could talk about, you know, maybe people who have had bariatric surgery or, mm -hmm. um, for whatever reason that could be an appropriate meal replacement if it has enough calories, but very few people will be satisfied on just a protein shake. Right. So maybe use those strategically so for example, if it's around a workout or you know that your lunch is just going to be, you know, you, you didn't have a protein source ready to put with your mm -hmm. salad or your leftover, um, you know, roasted veggies or whatever, or you have like a, a protein light sandwich or something and you know you need more protein, um, that's a really great place to use those. But I would, I usually caution people against relying strictly on a protein shake for the meal itself. Right. Um, and I yeah. think there is, and I didn't make this clear, but I think there is a difference between like a purchased protein shake or scooper and some water or whatever versus something, which is more, I was talking about where you're adding spinach and berries and, Oh yeah. Like a know, smoothie with, yeah, yeah, more like a smoothie mm -hmm. shake. That's more what I was talking about. Some flax seeds and you know, so you've got, you've got some, you know, veggies and mm -hmm. you've got fruit and you've got some healthy fat and there's some real substance to it. That's more what I was talking about was a, like a smoothie. Yeah. I had a client recently that put garbanzo beans in her smoothie and really? she said it was really good. And I was like, mm. really? I mean, so this is just an example of 
how you can get creative with meals and food in general and try th- I mean, I tell people all the time, it doesn't have to look like a meal to anybody but you. Right. You know, we can talk about the components that are help- helpful for building a meal, you know, and, mm-hmm. and what those new nutrients do for you with satisfaction and, you know, um, for your health. Mm -hmm. But as far as like taste and composition and what kinds of things you want to get creative with, go for it. Mm -hmm. Like just start experimenting and see what works for you because you might be surprised Mm -hmm. that something tastes really good to you and you never would have tried it because you thought it was like a crazy idea or somebody would think it's, it's funny. Right. Yeah. I had a client who always put mushrooms in her smoothies. No way. Yeah. She said, you don't taste it. It adds like Mm. just a really good texture, you know? Raw mushrooms. Yeah. I've never tried it, but yeah. So you can do all kinds of crazy stuff. You can throw anything in a blender, Mm -hmm. (laughs) y'all. Yeah. We talked about that before with that guy. (laughs) You can do hamburgers (laughs) and French fries in a blender if you want. (laughs) Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, so any other, um, meal, well, we didn't talk about dessert and that can be part of a meal for sure, buddy. What's your favorite desserts? Cheesecake. I will say I love a good like brownie or cookie or, you know, the baked Mm -hmm. goods. Um, cheesecake is a treat. I've I never make it because I think it makes too much just for mm-hmm. Matt and I. Although I guess it freezes well, so maybe maybe I you just could. need to eat more. Maybe I just need to eat it all. You just need three pieces a bad. day. Yeah. Does breakfast, food, lunch, Aaron. and dinner? Yeah, it's high protein. Throw some mm-hmm. berries on it. It's yeah. a meal. Yeah, why it's, not? Yeah, got some you know some good carbs with the graham cracker crust, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, sounds balanced. So cheesecake is probably one of my favorites. Um, mm. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of like the ice cream, the custardy kinds of, mm-hmm. I do like a tiramisu and that kind of stuff, but yeah, I'm, I really go more for like the, the baked goods. My mom is amazing. I, I sort of, <laughs> I wasn't very nice when I said like, oh, you know, she's a simple cook, whatever. Her baking is like out of this world. Really? It's so good. Yeah. Nice. It's nice. so good. Like her, her pies at, at holiday time. And she just, I remember like she would make like a, a big sheet cake or mm-hmm. whatever growing up or cookies and, and they're, yeah, they're really good. So nice. I look forward to her, her baking as well. Yeah. Yeah. I like a good cheesecake too. It's that for me, that's hard to beat. I'm not big on ice cream. Um, I like cookies, you know, brownies are fine. Um, I do have a recipe for a chocolate chip cookie that you put potato chips in. Ooh, it is so good. I bet it is. It's so good because they add like that salty, but there's a a crunch, but it's light. It's not like something you got to work through. And they they kind of give it like a little, like some substance. So they're a little bit, they hold together and are a little bit chewier. Oh, they're so good. For our trip this weekend, I found a recipe for peanut butter cookie, peanut butter M&M cookies that had pretzel bits in it. So you just crunch up a bunch of pretzels and put them in there that I'm imagining mm-hmm. would have a similar effect. Mm-hmm. But the potato delicious. chips sound really good. Yeah, really good. Yeah, that's a good recipe. It's super nice. easy. But yeah, that's one of my favorites. Yeah. Cool. So we've made it from breakfast through dessert mm-hmm. with our favorite recipes. Yeah. We'd like to hear your favorite recipes. Let us know yeah, what you guys like to eat. 
yeah, whether it's veggie packed or whether it's, you know, frozen pizza or whatever. Yeah. Lay it on us. Let us know. Yeah. Do you have a meeting in the mundane this week? I do. And it was last night or two nights ago, three nights ago, something like that. Um, It was taking our dogs for a walk around our, you know, little neighborhood area, Um, you know, going with the girls, walking around and just walking through, you know, we just live in this really cool neighborhood where it just, I mean, we're in a a decent sized city right outside a massive city, you know, Um, and so it's, it's easy sometimes to feel like just everything's big here, but we kind of live in this neighborhood where it just feels small and quaint and we see the same people a lot. And, you know, so we're just, we're just walking through the neighborhood and the girls are kind of running up and back and taking turns trying to walk the dogs and the dogs aren't good on a leash yet. So they're pulling and wandering, you know, and just, but I'm just walking through my neighborhood and I had, I was very excited to move down here last year. You know, we moved from, from Oregon but I was also really nervous. Like, what's life going to be like? Am I going to like it? Am I, Oh, I'm leaving a business, you know, I've built for 11 years and starting something new. And just, there was a lot of anxiety and worries along with that. And I'm just walking through our neighborhood and I'm just going like, man, I'm so glad we moved, (laughs) you know, I'm so, I'm so happy with where, you know, life is right now, as far as, you know, work and the, physically where we live and the home we're in the neighborhood we're in and how much we go on these walks fairly often after dinner in the evenings and it's just always just so enjoyable and it just really hit me just the other night I was like man I'm so glad I'm where I am you know and that's a good feeling to be happy about where you are you know yeah and probably yeah and something we don't acknowledge Mm -hmm. often enough Mm -hmm. just being being happy and content and appreciating yep. what we have right in front of us. Yep. That's I mean, it. are there things I would change? Yeah, probably a hundred of them, you know, if I could, but at the same time, like just to feel content, you know, I think that's a, an undervalued feeling is being content, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah. a big deal. Well, and I think people tend to look at contentment as, um, resolving to not strive for more or settling. Yeah. Yeah. Giving up or, Mm -hmm. you know, something like that or, or not being a a go-getter or high achiever. And I don't think that's it at all. I think it's more about appreciating where you are now and Mm -hmm. looking at what you have now and kind of practicing some gratitude and some being present and all Mm -hmm. the things that we've talked about before. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I think it's important, like, why would you strive and set goals and work so dang hard for things and then not appreciate them and actually right? observe a little contentment with, wow, you know, that feels good that I've yeah. done this thing. So Yeah. For me, being content is just like an undercurrent of no matter <clears throat> what the circumstances are I'm in. You know, yeah. if it's like I have this contentment with life and we have some bad days or whatever, like I still have this foundation of but you know i like what i do i love yeah. my family i love where i'm at it's just like this sort of like recentering thing for me that's how i look at being content nice you know? yeah so how about you so we we had this very non-mundane trip <laughs> this last <laughs> week so 
I mean, sure, there are some mundane things that happen when you go on a you know week long mountain biking and and camping right. trip. Um, and sometimes I think camping in itself is a fairly mundane kind of activity. But mm-hmm. I had one experience that just was like. I don't even know if it's very mundane because it was actually a pretty spectacular site, but we were at our campsite on day one of riding the White Rim. And so it had been a very long day of riding. We got to our campsite, which was just in this, you know, the whole thing is like desert and rocks. And then you drop down into this canyon by the Green River. And so all of a sudden you see green and you haven't seen green for you know, 60 miles. So there's trees and there's, you know, foliage and the river is this green hue to it. And then you have these like huge red cliffs, you know, that are surrounding you. It was just beautiful. And the full moon had actually happened the night before. Mm. So the moon we had that night was just one day past the full moon, but it still looks full. Um, so we were camping with our, with our group and this, couple in our group had these two little kids, a five and a seven-year-old. And Matt busts out the binoculars as soon as we could see the full moon. And we're all mm-hmm. just looking at it. Which, I mean, it really is incredible through the binoculars. Like you can yeah. see the craters in the moon and the textures and it's just super cool. That's awesome. So we're trying to get the five-year-old to come over and look through the binoculars and see the moon. Well, you have to line them up just right and there and then you have to push the stabilizer button so you can actually so it's not shaking around everywhere mm. right and so this little girl comes over and Matt's trying to help her line up the binoculars so he's really cute and he's kind of down there with her and he's like can you see it can you can you see it and she's just kind of like she has this look on her face like y'all are crazy and she she looks up at her mom and she goes it's right there and like points at it not looking in the binoculars it's right there. And we're, we're all kind of laughing and we're like, yes, we know it's right there. But if you look through this hole, it's really big and it's cool. And so mm-hmm. Matt keeps trying, he keeps trying. And finally, I can kind of see where her eye is up against the little viewer on the binoculars. I can see the light come through from the moon on mm-hmm. her eye. So I know it's lined up mm-hmm. and I'm like, push the button, push the button. And it lines up and you can see, like you can see her face change. Mm-hmm. And she suddenly goes, Oh, it's right there. <laughs> she was so excited. That's and awesome. she and you could just hear in her voice, she was like, it's right there. Like <laughs> all of a sudden, it's not just right there, everybody. Duh. Right. It's like, whoa. Right. Okay, there. she gets it. That's awesome. And it was just super cool to observe that moment yeah. where she suddenly sees the world around her in just mm-hmm. such a different way. Um, That's awesome. It was really, it was really fun for the adults too. We were just like loving it because the whole, you know, it took, it took a little time to just like patiently line up those binoculars for this little person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she saw it and was just like, whoa. So that nice. was my meaning of the day. It was fun. That's awesome. What a fun moment. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, so I think that's well. a wrap. Let's wrap her up. Okay. Yeah. Um, let us know if you guys have some good recipes or, or ideas to share. We'd love to hear them or anything. Mm-hmm. Got topic requests or mm-hmm. feedback for us. You can email us at middleish at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe, like, share, all that stuff. We always really, really appreciate it. All right. Um, have, have a good, good week. One.